Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Many of you, as you sit in this room, how many of you guys are middle schoolers? Stand up. Okay. Now, yeah, we love, we love middle school students. If you, are, if you are a middle school girl, I would like you to sit down. So, so as we look around this room, we've got all these middle school boys. Hey, high school guys, you remember when you were in middle school? And yeah, yeah, you do. And, and you remember, you remember you wanted nothing more than to be tall. Any, how many of you high school, read, yeah, read, right? How many, of, how many of you guys, yeah, for sure, Turbo's like, man, I haven't grown since seventh grade. <laughs> so, so here's these guys, they're like, man, I want nothing more than to grow, to be tall, to be able to dominate in something, right? You guys can sit down. Andrew Bardalis, you've been tall your whole life, don't lie. You don't, you don't know what that's like. Hey, have you been at the top your whole life? You've always been the tall guy in your grade? That's got to feel so good, man. I'm so jealous. You know, something, I had a friend named Josh in middle school uh, who hit a, hit a growth spurt, and he got this thing called Osgood Schlatter. How many, few of you guys got that? Normally it's not found in, oh wait, you're, you're trying to grow there, Zobel. You're trying, Yeah. It was like a painful growth thing. And you like, you go into the doctor and they go, hey, sorry, man, you're, you're busy growing and, and your joints are hurting and there's some swelling around your knees and it's like hurts really bad to push on it, right? And man, if you fall on your knees, you want to chop your legs off, it hurts so bad, right? <laughs> He's like, I got mountaintops on my kneecaps. You know, growth can be an extremely painful thing. Um, I also want to tell you something that when it comes to being a parent, when you look at your child... Babies are really cute, and I can think all the way back when I used to have babies in my house. It was like, man, 9, 10, 11 years ago. Um, now as a parent, I look back and I long for that moment as a father back when I could hold my children in my arms. I never thought I'd get there because here's the deal. When babies are little, they're annoying, they're loud, they poop everywhere, and like... It's like, I'm trying to have a social life and do something fun. And you got to scream, so I got to go home. You know, that's like, that's what it felt like. But now looking back as a father and like, I'm not very far away from all my kids being out of my house. I look at that and I go, man, I wish I could just hold my babies one more time. But they're too big. It'd be awkward. Like if I grab Timo, right? He'd, he'd make that stand the eagle face. You know, it'd be awkward. And you know what? It'd be cute. I wish I could hold them. But you know, wouldn't it be sad if today at 16 years old, if Timo was still pooping his pants and he never grew up? That's all right, me saying that, right, Timo? You good with that, right? That'd be awkward. You guys are meant to grow. You're not meant to stay where you are at, specifically in the life stages that you guys are at right now. You're meant to grow uh, intellectually, you're meant to grow physically, and we're talking tonight about you growing spiritually because that is a vital part of your development is are you allowing God to speak into your life and to challenge you? So to start tonight, I want to read to you out of Mark chapter 4. If you've got your uh, 
Bibles, you can open up to Mark chapter 4. If you've got a U version, you can open that up on your phone, or you can follow these giant words up on the screen. Here's what was happening. Jesus was out by a lake. He pulled out into a boat, was, was teaching a large group of people, and he starts to share this parable. He says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed because they used to just throw their seed out like this. He says, some of it fell along the path and birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but it didn't have much of a root. So when the sun came out, it was scorched and it would die. Other seeds fell on thorns, which grew up, and the, and the weeds choked the plants out, and they didn't bear any fruit. And then it said, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, it grew, and it produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times what was planted. Students, I want you to be ready today and tonight to be challenged by the truth of God's word to allow yourselves to grow. I want you to be ready not just to receive the word. I, as I was thinking about this, this message, um, I told Parker and the worship team, I was like, you know what, I feel like I'm going to focus a lot on this parable of the seed. Because I feel like many of you in this room are like when that seed gets scattered, man, some of you, you don't even see it. You don't even hear the seeds of truth that Parker or I or anybody else that's preaching on Wednesday nights, any seeds of truth that are shared. We're trying to give you uh, seeds of truth and seeds of hope. And, and you're so busy like on your phones behind there because I'm usually up here like trying to see how many people are here, and I see all your phones out while you're just doing that. And it's like you miss it. And Satan snatches those seeds of truth, and you never have the chance to receive them. And like Satan is using devices, Satan is using the people next to you to distract you, and those seeds are just snatched up. And then some of you are like the seeds that fall on rocky soil. You hear it, and you're like, yes, yes, Jesus. Jesus is what I need. Jesus is the answer. You're excited about it. But the problem is, you're in this shallow soil. Your heart is shallow. And what happens with the shallow heart is when you take this excitement and all of a sudden you walk into your school building or you walk onto your athletic field and you're excited about your faith and, or maybe you go home and all of a sudden you get this pressure. You get this pressure that says, what, you think you're better than everyone else? Don't talk to me about that. I know the decisions you made last weekend. Don't talk to me about this Jesus stuff. And you're getting this pressure that just builds and builds and builds. And because your roots have not developed and it's not deep into the ground, your faith just, just gets like, like squeezed out and scorched like the sun would uh, in mid-July, how the sun would just scorch a plant. And then others of you, you, in a similar way, you hear the truth and you're like, yes, absolutely. I'm giving my life to Jesus. And, 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 and you make that commitment and you go, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to allow God to speak truth into my heart, into my life. But here's the problem. Your heart is still distracted from all the other stuff that's going on in your life. It's like, it's like you thought that if you scream God's name loud enough, you could still have this plant right here next to it that's maybe, maybe a, a bad friend group that is 
that you're like, I can do both of these things. It'll be okay. I can do both of these things. And then along with this, you know I'm still worshiping my activities. That can still exist. You know I'm still worshiping my, my pornography habit. You know that I'm still, I'm still worshiping uh, my, 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 my drama-ness that I bring into my, my middle school. I, I, I'm still a, that's still a part of my life. But students, here's what happens. All of those distractions absolutely destroy the opportunity for the seed of truth that God has planted in you to grow. In fact, what weeds do, they pull the very nutrients from the roots of that seed that is planted and robs it of the opportunity to grow. Now, some of you, and this is my prayer that tonight, maybe more of you, would take the chance to be good soil. Good soil, you see, receives the seed of truth. Good soil allows that seed to take root. Good soil allows that seed to eventually bear fruit, which ultimately is a sign of whether or not you are growing and whether or not you are healthy soil. So here's what we're going to do tonight. I am going to give you a moment to prepare yourself to hear from John chapter 15. And we're going to do this as a group and we're going to sit quietly and we're going to pray. All right? So we're going to have all the lights come down. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Just close your eyes and relax. Father, I know that tonight you have words of truth. You have words of hope to offer these students. Lord Jesus, I know that life and hope only come through you. Jesus, I pray that in these students' hearts tonight, they would be prepared to receive words of truth just like good soil. And Lord, your word said, let he who has ears to hear, let them hear. Father, give these students ears to hear tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus was meeting with his closest followers in John chapter 15. And uh, it was just moments, it was moments after he had washed their feet, he had served them, and it was moments before he was going to be arrested and crucified for their sin and for our sin. These are the words that Jesus said to them, among other words that he shared. He said, look, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Get this, students. Listen to this next, next sentence. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He goes on to repeat himself. When, when Jesus is repeating himself, you guys, you have got to perk your ears up and listen. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. 
If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus is the true vine. That makes me think that Jesus recognized there are all kinds of vines that we're going to try to attach our lives to. All kinds of opportunities for us to get our life source. You see, a vine, the purpose of a vine was to bring life to the branches was to bring nutrients to the branches and actually the, the DNA to reproduce fruit because whatever kind of vine you were attached to would determine the fruit that you bore. Whatever kind of fruit was on the branches, it was determined by the vine. And Jesus knew this. And he was looking at his disciples and he said, look, you're going to have the choice to attach yourself to any number of vines. Students, I want you to think in this moment, what is it that you spend the most time attempting to attach your lives to? Think about that. What is the vine that you've chosen to be the source of your nutrients, to be the source of the DNA that will determine the fruit that you bear? Because I could go to down any number of lists of vines that you could attach yourself to, that the fruit will be rotten, the fruit will be bitter, the fruit will, will not last, the fruit will be just, just hideous. But if you attach your life to Christ, to the vine, that fruit will be wonderful. It will be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control kind of fruit that lasts, the kind of fruit that is life-giving. But what are you attaching your life to? Jesus goes on to have a conversation in a different part of Scripture with a young man. He arrogantly comes up to him and says, you know, good teacher, I want you to tell me, what, it, what is it that I need to do to inherit eternal life? Tell me, what do I need to do? Which, personally... I think he was asking the wrong question right away because he wanted a list of what to do. And guess what, students? There's nothing you can do other than surrender your life to Jesus to inherit eternal life. But he wanted a list. Jesus went down the list of these commandments. He was like, hey, don't lie, don't murder, don't steal. He like went down this list. Honor your father, mother, several others. And, and the guy looks at him. It's a young man. He goes, all of these I've kept since I was young. Jesus looks at him. And he goes, well, here you go, Hashat. Why don't you do this? Why don't you go sell everything you have, give all that money to the poor, then you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. Young man goes like this. Just walks away. Students, God desires growth in you. 
if you were to remain an infant spiritually, spiritually speaking, you guys, that'd be a sad moment. And it'd be messy. And I'll tell you that, that I, man, I don't want to be cleaning up your spiritual dirty diapers for the rest of your life. Like at some point, you've got to grow up. And here's the thing that I don't know if you guys know this. There are many, many students in this room that are in the process of growing up. They're getting it. They're saying, you know what? I see the physical aspect of my spiritual growth, that it means that I worship with a group of believers. It means that I need to find a place to serve. It means that you can see by the way that I'm living you can see God changing me from the inside out because the way that I speak is changing, the way that I treat people is changing, the way that I date people is changing, the way that I respect people is changing because God is changing me from the inside out. They recognize the physical aspect. I mean, the students that come in and have set up all the chairs that you're sitting in right now, all of you guys that show up at 7 or at 7 o'clock for Element, all these, these chairs don't magically come out of the floor. It's students that do this. They understand that aspect. You know what else? We've got students that are allowing Scripture to speak to them in a personal manner. They, they've taken God's Word, and they've taken it off their shelf, and they said, this isn't just a book that looks fancy on my shelf. It turns out this is full of life-giving truth that changes the way that I live. They've understood how that their spiritual growth is theological. And it's important that we dig into what Jesus says about how we should live. We dig into the letters that this man named Paul wrote to all of these churches around the Mediterranean about how a church should live, about how a church should love. And students, just like you, that are changing the way they're living based on the truth of Scripture that they're reading. I mean, I was, I was nervous when we launched these pods. I was like, hey, what if we do this and nobody wants to do it? We've got more students in there than I wanted to have in our first class. I was like, I, I guess people are hungry to see what God has to say to them through Scripture. I was so surprised. They're your peers. They're the people you go to class with. They're the people you play football, basketball, band, show choir with. They are hungry for what God's word says. And also, there are students in this room that understand that your spiritual growth is experiential. There's the emotional connection. You know what? Tonight, there's going to be a, a student that's going to come in and surrender uh, their life to Christ with baptism, with their small group leader. That is an emotional moment where they're coming to terms with their sinfulness and God's goodness. I can remember when I was seven years old and my youth minister, my parents had, had the youth minister in my church come over and talk to me because I felt like it was time for me to surrender my life to Christ. And, and I was just seven, and so they were like, I, he's only seven. I, and, and he came in and he asked the questions. And I remember the moment at Wildwood Christian Church in, in Ralston, Nebraska, that I went into this water of baptism with my older brother. And I remember that moment. And I remember the moment 12 years later where God showed me how sinful of a man I was at 19. And at the same time, he said, and I love you. And we're going to get to celebrate this tonight. 
Someone choosing to remain in Jesus' love. Someone choosing to unite their life with Christ and say, Jesus is the vine that I want to be connected with. Students, will you make a choice to grow? Because you know what's going to happen. Just like that rich young ruler, God's going to look at you and he's going to find that area that he needs to press on. Because I know he looks at me and he goes, you know, Josh, come on, son, I, ne I need you to work on your humility. I'm going to continue to press on it. I'm going to continue to press because, Josh, humility has, has no reason to be united with you as a servant of Christ. And he's going to look at you and he's going to go, hey, there is no reason that pornography should be united with you as a servant of Christ. I'm going to push on that. Will you talk to your small group leader? Some of you in here tonight are even going, man, I have never united my life with Christ. And guess what? There are several students doing that next week, and we want to invite you to take that step. Will you take that step to start the process of growth and to remain in Christ because he is the only truth he is the only hope that you can have. And these seed students that we want to be planted, we pray that they will bear fruit. We pray that God's word will, will be planted in your heart. The plant will bear, bear roots and bear fruit. And it will spill out into the friends around you so that the kingdom of God will be changed. We're going to pray. We're going to celebrate in this baptism. We're going to worship together tonight. Father, thank you so much for being a good God. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for, for caring for us. Thank you for being the one that, that, that we can lean on and we can trust. Father, you never fail because you are the true vine. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we, as we bear witness to this baptism and as we worship together as a body of believers tonight, I pray that the seeds of truth that have been scattered tonight will take root. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. So you'll have this decision on who you're going to connect your vine to. You guys, I was, there is nothing more than I want for you than for you to have faith and to tie your life into the gospel of Christ. And guess what? I can't force that to happen. Or I would. I'd do it in a heartbeat. That'd be easy. But it's a decision that you are going to have to make. It's an exciting decision. It's a life-changing decision. It's a decision that your peers are making. There are peers among you tonight, peers that aren't here tonight, that are among you at school that have made that decision to plug into the true vine and to allow their lives to be changed by the hope of Jesus Christ. This opportunity is before you all the time. Tonight, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But, but we're gonna set aside a special day next Wednesday for those of you that God is pulling at your heart to make this decision. And we're saying, talk to your small group leader about it tonight. And let's celebrate renewed life. 
Let's celebrate life-giving truth taking root, the seed being planted, and fruit being bare to God's glory. Let's do that next week. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.